0: Hey, this is Ashton from the UK. And whilst we're all here fucking about with Brexit in Britain, I can assure you, I never listened to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded
1: discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This
2: is I Doubt It with Dollamore.
1: Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Episode 486 of The Circus You Know and Love, I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined by the ringmaster herself, the lovely, talented, scholarly, meat and cheese lover, Brittany Page.
3: Wow, I feel attacked. I,
1: I, I said it wrong. It's meat I, and cheese treat lover.
3: I feel attacked.
1: Why do you feel attacked? You love meat and cheese treats. Something mm-hmm. you've you've labeled a meat and cheese treat, which mm-hmm. is exactly what you think it is. It's a disproportionate amount of of salami uh-huh. or other. Other turkey or ham or you know, lunch meat
3: mm-hmm.
1: wrapped tightly in a single piece of cheese.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, that normal?
1: That but- is what you call a meat. It's like it's like sandwich, sans everything. Sans bread.
3: It's the best parts of a sandwich. Sans
1: condiments, no onion, no mm-hmm. just meat <laughs> and cheese.
3: Sometimes I do put some sriracha in on it mm. and roll sriracha in the mm. middle of it. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, sometimes I do not do that. It just depends on my mood. Um but yeah, I don't know why you're uh judging me for I'm my not judging streets. I like to have an occasional snack and that is a very healthy snack. Is it though? Well Is it though? I mean I keep seeing these headlines about how salami has been linked to various colorectal cancers and I'm like oh that's probably not good, but it's so delicious. Listen, you know,
1: you're going to go when you're going to go.
3: You know, I, I've thought actually about keeping track of all the various health headlines that I see because it's like coffee is going to kill you. Coffee is going to have you live forever. Wine is going to kill you. Wine is going to save your heart.
1: We you- just talked about one before like, the show. It was about weed smokers. Mm-hmm. I just read have higher levels of. Of um, the higher sperm counts and higher testosterone levels.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you apparently have read several studies that say the exact opposite. Yes. Because I was like, well, maybe I need to start smoking the, the weed. Smoking the weed.
3: Are you looking to up your sperm count?
1: No, but, you know... I- <laughs> What? Well, it's, you know, uh, it's like a a weird societal thing that men. Don't don't give me the, oh, uh huh, uh huh. Don't don't, do that.
3: Why would you say, well, maybe I need to start smoking the weed? It's a
1: joke because men often are weird about their testosterone levels. Got it. I don't give a fuck about my sperm count.
3: Okay. Um, yes. Well, I actually, I listened to a great on the media today. I know we're always promoting other podcasts, but that's what we do. That's what you do. Okay. Well,
1: I never mention other shows.
3: Okay. This on the media episode was great. <laughs> that is not true. I actually forgot to post it. I meant to put it on social media. It was so good. I wanted to promote it. Um. But it was about the... The cancer cure that everyone was posting about that came out. Oh,
1: like in China or something, right?
3: Mm, I think it was Israel.
1: No, that's right. Israel. That's right.
3: And they basically... You know, they're neighboring
1: countries. I don't know why.
3: They Of went, course,
1: I thought they were the same. Anyway.
3: They, they went through all the coverage of it and how the coverage was not in line with what the actual research Again. is. Again. And, That's a pet peeve of yours. But how common this is in health research that you're, I mean, they played a montage of all these different reporters. The new cure, the breaking records, saving everyone's lives. This new study came out, you know? And the unfortunate thing is they are just reporting on what they're told, right? Yeah. And it, it's really exhausting to read everything. I mean, you're just bombarded constantly with these headlines, and what are you supposed to do? Go pull every study that you see in your your timeline and read it in full? Yeah,
1: I, I think it's even more uh, disconcerting because if you can't trust them on that, then are they really getting the climate science shit right? I mean, it it calls into question a bunch of their reporting, and that's scary because the climate science shit is dire, it is important, and it needs to be reported on accurately, especially when the messenger is in, in 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 a situation where they might be called into question their integrity or their motives or their correctness
3: yeah, so one thing that I would push back on there is that health research is notoriously uh <laughs> ...like this. One will show something about wine, another will show something else about wine, like it kind of goes back and forth. But with climate science and vaccines, for example there is a an overwhelming scientific consensus so if they are reporting on something I understand that you you're, you're saying like a specific report might come out and they're not reporting on that accurately but hopefully that coming out if they if they did report on something inaccurately wouldn't lead people to then discount what the actual scientific consensus is a scientific consensus that we don't necessarily have in other areas of research I see what you're saying like with chocolate yeah or something, yeah yeah you know
1: once again, Brittany Page, steering the dumb guy right.
3: Well, I don't know.
1: Riding the ship, as they say.
3: What Didn't you have a circus metaphor that you were running with earlier?
1: My, I muddle my metaphors, Brittany. <laughs> I think everyone knows that.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: Perfect. So, a little um, housekeeping, if you will. Mm-hmm. In the spirit of following through on our, quote-unquote, uh, New Year's resolution. yes. We are going to be taking a little trip this weekend. Yes. And that will lead, it's going to be out of town, so the likelihood that we will record a show on Sunday evening is, eh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Unless we set an iPhone down on a table.
3: (laughs) Which we will not do. And
1: talking to, what are we, uh, complete newcomers to the podcasting scene? Have
3: you tried to listen to podcasts that have terrible audio?
1: Dude, let me tell you something. I've
3: tried, and then I stopped immediately because I will I will not listen.
1: I cannot do it. I won't. Yeah.
3: It's like a punishment. You know, on The Good Place, where the if you get sent to The Bad Place, it's your worst nightmare?
1: The, oh, yeah, yeah.
3: One of my punishments in The Bad Place would be just terrible audio on a podcast playing on a loop. <laughs> like people recording out of their computer yeah. in the middle of a room, yeah. and they're all kind of sitting around the computer just talking.
1: I'm thankful that that's something we have uh, we got dialed in pretty early.
3: You did. You got that dialed in eh, pretty early. Give us
1: both credit for it.
3: I had nothing to do with it, so good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Also,
3: I'm sick. Did we talk about that?
1: No, you are. You were day off yesterday sick, yeah. which is a, a freakish happenstance. You don't do that.
3: Yes, but I'm still here because... We do not sleep on the podcast. That is right. We are here. Rain or shine.
1: Rain. Rain or shine unless I'm tired and don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listen, if I can I can I can throw myself under the under the what metaphor was I going Elephant. with Elephant. I can throw myself under the boat.
3: Mm. Wasn't
1: I going with the boat riding the ship yeah, I and thought I was listening to you were doing
3: the circus, I don't yeah. Circus boat, yeah.
1: All right. Speaking of professional audio and such, uh I wanna provide a great segue here. <laughs> Next up, listener communication. Nothing for that. It's, it's a terrible segue. It's a joke. I thought you were. This gonna... show is turning out to be a <laughs> fucking gem, everybody. I'm sick. Good time. It's
4: because I'm sick. Hi Brittany, hi Jesse. This is Laura calling from Buffalo, New York. Um, I'm a little bit behind in the episodes, two episodes behind actually, and I just stopped uh, the one I was listening to where you're talking about anti-vaccine parents and the measles outbreak, Um, and I just wanted to take this opportunity to get on my soapbox about vaccinating your pets, Um, because I met somebody last night who was... An anti-vaxxer for their animals because they had one dog who had a vaccine reaction and I'm here to tell you that rabies is incurable and you may not know that your animal has been exposed to rabies but your animal bites some person on the street when you're not paying attention when you're walking it and that person decides to be an asshole and your dog gets put to sleep and their head gets cut off because the only way to test for rabies to make sure that that human wasn't exposed to rabies is to test brain tissue. And I'm just so sick and tired of people saying, well, my dog doesn't go out for walks in the woods and my dog doesn't go near raccoons. Well, so what? Nobody's animals purposefully go near raccoons. I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. The other thing that people have a big problem with is the leptospirosis (laughs) vaccine. And yes, it is the vaccination that causes the most vaccine reactions in dogs. But it's what's called a zoonotic disease. And that means that it very easily is spread through bodily fluids, mostly urine, to you and your children if you're not vaccinating your dog. And we have an outbreak of it right now in Buffalo because people aren't vaccinating. And not only does it kill the dog but it's even more deadly to humans and i took care of um a dog we ended up putting to sleep uh, a couple weeks ago and these people decided they weren't going to vaccinate the dog well guess what their two-year-old son is in the emergency room in the icu with leptospirosis which is an absolutely horrific way to die Anyway, I hope that this voicemail isn't too late. I just wanted to uh, talk about this uh, veterinary public service annou- announcement. And um, also, please vaccinate your kids. But also, please vaccinate your dogs and your cats. Okay, love you guys. Bye.
3: <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about pets more often and animal um Events just so that Laura can call and and talk to us about things that I've never heard about.
1: By the way, she didn't even mention that she's qualified in this field. She's like certified, like a a, a veterinary health professional. So. <laughs> She's she, she has authority to speak on these matters. She's not just a concerned pet owner.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Educated. Yes. Trained.
3: Yes. Did
1: exceedingly you, qualified.
3: Did you know that about the head being cut off? I mouthed Jesus because it was very, wow. You,
1: you, you hear all kinds of shit about rabies. Like, used to be like a, like they used to say, if you get scratched by a bat or whatever, I don't know why I'm doing that voice, but if you get uh, contact, in, in contact with, but with, a, with an animal like a raccoon or a squirrel that bites you and runs away. Yeah. They, oh, that fucker might be ra- rabid.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They used to say, I used to hear people say that the shots like were administered in the stomach.
3: Oh, my God.
1: Now, I know that's not the case anymore because I know someone who did get scratched by a bat. Mm-hmm. And then they got a series of shots. We also know someone who mm-hmm. got attacked by a raccoon or intervened between their dog and their dogs and a raccoon. And they ended up getting fucking mauled. Yeah. And they didn't have shots in the stomach either. So,
3: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what I'm
1: saying is you hear all kinds of stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure I've heard that before, but maybe thought it was like folklore. Yeah. You know,
3: well, I'll tell you this. If I went to the doctor and they were like, listen, you have rabies and we need to give you several shots in your stomach right now. Let, me, to let me guess it. what
1: you, you would just say. Just kill me.
3: Yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> I have rabies now. And this is how my life ends. <laughs> oh,
1: I've always wondered how I would meet my demise. And this is it. Death, Here it is. Death by raccoon. <laughs> Death by raccoon.
3: Don't talk about that. I, I don't want to imagine that. I just feel like
1: that's how it's going to go for you. Yeah. Of all the ways that it Brittany Page will be killed, it'll be random raccoon attack. You and know, it won't be like suspected like you're in the woods. It'll be like you're walking downtown Manhattan, like yeah. in, in the city. Yeah. And then some random raccoon will have been tracking you mm-hmm. to, to murder you.
3: Yeah. I... I'm going to blame Laura when all of the memes come flooding back in and the raccoon talk because it really has been quite minimal for a while and it's going to return. But people often think, why is she always complaining about raccoons and are they really around often? Like, I think that people have questioned the veracity of my claims. We have
1: raccoons and possums all over where we live, even though we live... Not in an urban area, but it's certainly fucking populated.
3: Yeah, well, I, there's a sign a couple of streets over that I just saw, and it was a coyote warning. Oh. It's a permanent sign on the street. Yeah. And it says coyote warning <laughs> in the middle of the city. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. And it's like, you know what I'm talking about? It's well, on we, a steel. Yeah, yeah, thing. We, yeah, I
1: understand it's a street sign.
3: Yeah, it's a permit. It's not like a wooden haphazard, like a coyote put it up. It, like it was real. <laughs> A government employee. They want to warn
1: us of their presence. Yeah,
3: an employee came out and hammered it into yeah, the ground. Everyone knows what you mean. The inmates made it, and now it is up <laughs> as a sign. Yeah. But we've encroached on
1: their territory. They're mm-hmm. not moving in on us. We are we moved in on them.
3: Yeah. Well.
1: If they could build better houses than us, we wouldn't, <laughs> this wouldn't be a
3: problem. Yeah.
1: Stupid fucking coyotes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oh God.
1: So last episode, our taking care of biz was Ellen Page. Is there a <laughs> name Ellen Page? Yes. Ellen Page, she was just on like me. she was on Stephen Colbert, and she was voicing her displeasure with the vice president of the United States, and by virtue of that, this administration and a lot of conservative policies surrounding conversion therapy and just the general bigotry and hatred that comes flowing down on the LGBTQ community from from conservatives. And we, as I suspected, got a call about that very thing.
5: Hey, Jesse and Brittany, just a couple of responses. First of all, um, I'd have to say Cory Booker would be my first choice of all the people who have declared so far. I posted a link in the...
1: And also about Cory Booker.
5: <laughs> discussion group. Uh, he gave the commencement speech at my graduation. And we need someone who is a very powerful orator, uh, because as much as people like to say that we don't need one, we do need one that can contradict the effectiveness of what Donald Trump does. And I feel Cory Booker is on the level of a President Obama um, His words inspired me, and I don't feel like many people say that about a commencement speech. And I really feel that he's genuine and authentic, which is not something I can say about politicians very much. Uh, Second of all, to take what you said a step further about um, Ellen and conversion therapy— Um, I feel like there's one part that was left out that makes it even worse. Whenever they say that they love us, gay, trans people, uh, but they hate the sin, uh, what they're saying is, yeah, we love you, we just hate everything about you. Uh, And we define you by how you have sex, which, considering how invasive the questions can be when they uh, first talk to us, Uh, is an understatement to say the least. But basically they're saying, yeah, we like you, we just think you're gross. We just think who you are is gross. And I always say, I'm not just gay in the bedroom. I'm not just gay when I have sex. I want to be gay when I go to a restaurant with my partner or when I'm walking down the street without fear of being assaulted for existing. Conversion therapy not only is the antithesis of love, they actually say that committing suicide is an acceptable option because it's better to kill yourself than be gay. Anybody in the world who can say that someone who says that about us loves us or supports that financially, no. You can't apply love to that. And regardless of whether or not he can connect the dots like Ellen said, being at the most powerful point of influence in the country and advocating for those ideas encourages the behavior that has gotten so much worse since those two have taken office. I know too many people who have committed suicide and suffered violence and trans people are being denied their passports and the, uh, the memo that came out that wants to define us out of existence and removing things from the White House page and banning us from the military and putting making it legal to discriminate against us. All of these things are not isolated incidents, and people need to realize that whenever they try to tell us that some hateful bigot loves us. Fuck them. Anyway, love you guys as always. Thank you.
1: I, this is... This issue, not specifically the trans issue, but human rights surrounding LGBT issues um, generally is really w- what drew me out, forced me out of conservatism, mm-hmm. forced me out of grouping myself in with people who believe like this, who support the Defense of Marriage Act, who, who are virulent about um, religious restoration acts, rifras. That is what did it for me and, and and the reason that I think it happened was I was able to think about it from my own perspective if I was in a group that was consistently under attack by the by the mainstream that i I would look I've often said that had I been black in the 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 any time before nineteen 19- 70,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I would have been either a problem for the government. Well, I know I would have been a problem for the government, or I would have been killed. And I feel the same thing about if I if I was gay. I wouldn't I wouldn't fucking stand for it. And therefore, I'm I'm gonna be an ally where I can. And I I wish I wish we were wired differently as humans to make it easier for us to, to make those connections, you know?
6: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, but I, I'm I'm with you, Marissa. It's uh, there is no way to hate the sinner, love the sinner, but hate the sin. It's especially when the sin isn't a sin. The sin isn't missing the the the, the action, the thing they're hating isn't missing the mark, mm-hmm. which is what sin is. It's it's intrinsically who you are.
3: And I think that's the word we used on the last episode was inherent.
1: Yeah, that's right. That you, right. you said that.
3: Um. So yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh tough times and you know it, it, it's even more perplexing that here we are again in 2019 and we're still talking about these types of issues
5: mm-hmm.
1: we're well into the 21st century we were supposed to have cars years flying cars years ago mm-hmm. and here we are still worrying about the the uh the maltreatment and the human rights of of individuals who are born a way that is outside of the mainstream accepted modality.
3: I saw a headline today. It was something about like the Catholic church um, and conversion therapy, like some, Hmm. some Catholic church somewhere is trying to get away with doing conversion therapy. And I'm like, don't you have other things that you should be addressing?
1: No spoilers. We're going to get to that before we get to democracy. Don't you have
3: a lot of other things a that you need to be addressing?
1: of other things. Thank you, Marissa. We appreciate the call very much. Uh, moving on to the Ralph Northam, governor of Virginia, just fucking mess. Hey, guys. Dan from Oceanside,
2: giving you a call. Uh, just following up with the uh, governor Northam and his... It was me in the photo, then it's not me in the photo Then I know for sure it wasn't me in the photo Then I can't remember other stuff And then, oh I remember I did blackface Another time But it's not me in the photo Which is insane and stupid <laughs> And the deeper this Trench goes The dumber it gets Just just like, this is the dumbest Most just ham-fisted Way out of this situation uh, And I'm very proud of Every notable Democrat being uh, You know, being together on That he needs to resign immediately um, I, I'm, I'm proud of the party I voted for This last election uh, Being uniform And in, in their rebuke of this, you know, behavior um, But watching Kellyanne Conway And, you know, the, the, uh, the powers that be At the White House Do this, like, well, what about thing for two years, you know, three years, we count the the election with with Hillary Clinton, and then as soon as there's a Democratic governor who did some stupid shit, then all of a sudden it's like, well, what about you know? People ask her, "What about Steve King? What about Steve Scalise? What about you know Roy Moore? What about Donald Trump?" And then now there's this. Oh well, you guys always want moral equivalency and et cetera, et cetera. All this, all the sidestepping bullshit. Um, it. Is the most frustrating thing, I think, maybe in, in this two years of his presidency, is watching how they're handling this circumstance with Governor Northam. Because if ever there was a cut and dry, we should know blackface and clan hoods are bad. Not a difficult thing to, to all agree on. The, I mean, it's so insanely easy and cut and dry that. There would be any pushback is insane And then also not recognizing That your own party is the harbingers Of white supremacy is just, it's so annoying that I, I Like, have a hard time Finding words and doing anything Other than just like punching my steering wheel As I'm listening to podcasts Anyways uh, Hopefully by the time your next episode airs Freaking dumbass is out of office uh, Rightfully so And uh, Yeah, just wondering what you guys are how you guys cope with dealing with this kind of pushback from dumb people? All right. love the show.
1: Well, thank you, Dan. Um, and apparently that that the voice memo was sent in prior to all hell breaking loose in Virginia state politics.
3: Dear God,
1: God damn. because right now Ralph Northam has decided not to resign. Mm-hmm. He is still sticking by the fact that although he admitted it was him in the photo to begin with, mm-hmm. that it couldn't have been in retrospect because he, he doesn't remember it, but does remember another time.
3: Michael Jackson. Right,
1: the Michael Jackson time. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a little bit about Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor who was African-American and would step into his place,
3: mm-hmm.
1: possibly having a seven-year term,
6: mm-hmm.
1: and now a sexual abuse, sexual assault allegation has been levied against Justin Fairfax. That seems very credible and just just hours ago corroboration was was established by NBC that there is a congressman in the house who knew about this claim, oh, really? this allegation m- months ago. Oh, wow. So that's not good for Justin Fairfax. Also, what did he say in a closed-door meeting that was uh, a source said, like fuck that bitch? Something like that, and in some um, tirade that he went on, mm-hmm. just and here and this goes to kind of what what Dan was talking about. This is something I'm seeing on Twitter, for instance. Um, who's the the douche with the blog that I that I
3: Matt Walsh? Matt
1: Walsh. Matt Walsh is on Twitter talking about how credible these allegations are. It is so strange to me that the right is so nakedly partisan. That they're all behind this woman, and I'm I'm blanking on her name. If you could find it for me,
3: I think it's Vanessa.
1: They are Vanessa all, Tyson. Vanessa Tyson. They're all about Vanessa Tyson being a credible accuser, because the person that's being accused of the crime is a Democrat. Where all the well, everybody I know and I see is trusting that this woman is correct. This woman of of education, she's a professor, she's a doctor. She has something to lose, just like Christine Blasey Ford. But the Republicans didn't fucking believe her, but all oh, they really believe, Vanessa Tyson.
3: I will say that I have seen this from liberals as well. Um, liberals, before she even came out and put her name to this, she was just an anonymous person mm-hmm. until today, um, saying that they were disproven the allegations come on with with no evidence for that so i i think it definitely plays out for both political parties in this way and i think that it's a good sign that we're able to recognize it because we can hopefully self-correct and not have that motivated reasoning in ourselves to say well we're going to protect people in our party on our team we're automatically going to believe when it's bad for the other side, yeah. right um, and and trying to be a consistent person overall.
1: And let me take this one step further relative to the 2020 presidential campaign. This thing that's happening, and oh by the way, the AG Mark Herring, the Attorney General in Virginia, also now has come out and said, "Oh, yeah, I also have a photo of me in blackface." or no, He darkened his skin. Yeah. Is what he says. He's not saying, oh yeah, I was in blackface too, which is what it is.
3: So what is the deal with this?
1: Well, it's Virginia. It's a fucking racist shithole still in many, many ways. The Confederacy, the capital of the Confederacy was in Richmond, Virginia. It, it's it's not this bastion of enlightenment.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: N- Northern Virginia It's a pretty normal area, the suburban Washington area.
3: Did you hear about this Florida state GOP lawmaker that also um, did blackface?
1: I think he did it in high school and also said, not racist, not a big deal.
3: Yeah, but he's like 30.
1: You know, no, no, I'm not saying he's right. I'm just reporting on what he's saying. Oh, okay. So let me get back to what I was saying here. We're getting far afield.
3: Well, I'm just trying to talk about all the other. Yeah, there's
1: many. What's going on? What's going on? Who fucking knows? Hopefully this is going to be a new kind of a me too thing where people are going to get called out for this shit. But this is what I want to talk about relative to the 2020 campaign to avoid a debacle. Like we are witnessing, like we are experiencing in the state politics of Virginia right now. This is why I want to talk about every foible that we can find early on with the democratic candidates. You don't want to wait until they're in office and then it might have to step down. You don't want to wait until it's just before election and something gets sprung. You want all of this out early, all of it to be talked about, all of it to be thrashed out. Or is it thrashed out?
3: Well, a theory that I have heard being floated out there is that all of them coming out and saying this at the same time, is going to protect them from being forced out.
1: Uh, I've heard that, but that that's that seems a little far fetched to me.
8: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, for,
1: well, it's, for me right now, that just seems far fetched. I don't know.
3: It's kind of what I talked about last time, where I asked the question: Is Ralph Northam just hoping that this will pass, that the news cycle will move on, and? If everybody joins in, like, oh, hey, we all did it, is that going to encourage people to move on?
1: The, the only thing that I think would give that credence is the fact that the the order of succession, like when you take over, mm-hmm. um, the next in line is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the Virginia Assembly, and he's a Republican. So maybe, but I don't know. It just that seems a little a little hard for me to, to get my head around. But w- what I'm talking about here is we're going to be talking about Elizabeth Warren. We're going to be talking about Kamala Harris. We're going to be talking about negative things, and that's not to drag them down and attack them. That's Look, we need to face these things with clear eyes. I keep using that phrase. And this is the reason. We don't want to get our pant caught with our fucking pants down mm-hmm. related to something that is a campaign ender.
9: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to know now. At the very least to become desent- desensitized to it. Yeah. You know, don't crack up when I fucking fuck up a
3: word. <laughs> it's usually me, so I yeah. have to I have to smile. But can I go back to this 30-year-old Anthony Sabatini, yes. the Republican Florida state lawmaker? So he's also resisting calls to resign because a, a high school photo of himself wearing blackface has... Um, should we say resurfaced? I mean, it's, you know, he's 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he's saying that it was decontextualized, indicating that it's not racist and said it was a prank. And what what is? I just this is such a strange thing to me because, I mean, we we know what my household was like and like none of that was going on, even in my very racist household. Yeah. And I don't remember anyone at my like 98 percent white high school doing this. and yeah, there was yeah. all kinds of bumpkins that went to that school that weren't as racist as my family, I'm sure, but still had Confederate flags, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so and I don't remember any of that happening. So it's just very strange that, like, in Florida, it was going on 10 years ago in high school, and what?
1: Yeah, it's, it's very weird. Very strange.
3: And now everyone is kind of like, should I fess up to the fact that I wore blackface? Like that's probably on several people's minds now.
1: I think they need to.
3: Yeah, they should. Yeah, and risk losing their high-status politician job.
1: Some things are disqualifying.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Some jobs aren't for everybody.
3: I saw a tweet that said, uh, "Respond to this tweet if you have worn blackface. Send us the picture." Um, tell us your name, where you currently work. Wow. This is a safe space. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> On Twitter. <laughs> All right, Dan, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, gave us a little chance to, to catch everybody up if nothing else. So, uh, a last call of the episode, Walter, AKA Stephen from Missouri.
9: Hey, Justin, Brittany is your boy, Walter, AKA, you know, the rest. Um, just want to call uh in regards to uh the democratic um uh i guess people who are trying to run for the democratic nominee um basically given uh uh from what i know so far uh who i favor would be um elizabeth warren i do like cory Booker. i'm just not real big on uh Kamala Harris, um from what I've read or what I've researched so far, um my thing I think is uh when it comes down to choosing the right candidate or uh uh choosing the right person to vote for um unfortunately in this nation, I think most people go based on emotion who they like the most um instead of who's and not necessarily who's more qualified to do the job um example i mean exhibit a donald trump and uh i mean we all know how the you know how our process works which i never could understand that i don't know why they don't abolish the electoral college i mean it's outdated it makes no sense if you vote into anything else on the planet i don't care if it's a freaking talent show it's one person one vote um which will make sense to me but uh but since we don't have that type of system when it comes down to uh presidential elections, we have to choose candidates that not only qualify but also have the guts to say what is necessary and stand by what they say. And um, there are certain people who I feel who does. And I guess my question to Brittany is, Is I think in episode uh, 484, uh, she said at one point she felt like Cory Booker was uh, phony, if I guess that's seen that way. Um, And I guess my question is, what about him that made you feel like he was? Um, And the reason why I'm I'm asking that question, um, I I could be wrong. And I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I mean, growing up myself, I was always labeled as this goody-two-shoes and that the things that I've done just seem uh, legitimate. And I've always found myself in this weird space because I um, I find myself sticking up for people of color like me. And then I also literally have fought fist fights in defense of white people or any other race. And I've always been in, in that weird space because they look at me and they be like, oh, well, you know, you use this perfect person and everybody likes, you know, I'm like, no, I'm flawed. I always have to feel like I have to. Prove myself in some form, so I was wondering if it was what he he says or his demeanor or whatever. Or what was it about him that made you feel like he was, you know, just isn't real or isn't about that life or phony or whatever the term was used? Um, again, thank you for the content that you put out. Um, you guys have beautiful hearts and beautiful spirits. Um. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Love the content. Love everything about about the show. Um, as of course, Brittany is the best part, and Jesse, keep doing your damn thing. Love, Love the y'all. show. Bye. Brittany's the best part. Bye.
3: Well, I think it's primarily the the platitudes in the way that like inspirational greeting card sounding phrases kind of just so easily come out.
1: Yeah, he he speaks in kind of. Uh... Sound bites, like digestible, yeah, like a greeting card.
3: And I don't, uh, I don't trust that when I see that in yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I get, I get suspicious of it. And I don't know what that is about me, but I know I'm not alone because the title of that political article that I was talking about that really shifted my perspective on Cory Booker was titled "Is Cory Booker for real." And yeah. spent a lot of time talking about how he has had difficulty being received, partially because of um, the greeting card problem. In fact, they actually call it the greeting card problem. I'm oh, reading. they do. I'm reading that right now. Yeah, so it's not um, <laughs> just
1: you. That that's something that like, even I have. Like, eh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I fully buy into this.
3: Yeah, and I, I'm trying to think of other kind of characters that are like that. That um,
1: kind of like a Tony Robbins. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those deals where we've seen these charlatans who speak this way and then when you hear someone who's legitimate and genuine talk that way
7: mm-hmm.
1: then you're suspicious. It's kind of like we know people who are the sweetest, most beautiful, loving, kind so much so though that You're suspicious that it must be fake. Yeah. And only because we know them so well, it's no, that's, they're fucking legit. The the best people on the planet. And you have to just know that. You have to know them to really know that.
3: Yeah. I was just about to say that too, because he is like always happy. Yeah. And kind of like an uplifting presence. And I guess I more easily trust people that are like, Kind of dicks <laughs> more, and like... More cynical, maybe. Angry, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I kind of like Kamala Harris in that... I mean, there's things I don't like about her, but what I do like about her is how she is a strong woman yeah like you watched her i don't know if you watched the town hall but there were a couple of moments where she was challenged by the audience and her demeanor changed and i was kind of like oh yes oh yeah she is she is dominant and i really like that
1: assertive
3: yes and i kind of get suspicious around people who are too happy all the time i'm like why are you so happy (laughs)
1: like like right now like (laughs) why are you
3: so nice like
1: klobuchar is yeah. super Midwest nice. Hello, everybody. And now we're finding out or it's being reported that she might be lame as fuck to her staff.
3: Yeah. But so,
1: no, That's unsubstantiated, but that's a claim that's being made right now.
3: Yeah. But so what I'm talking about with Cory Booker is when I read about his story, though, and people who have been around him living around him for all of this yeah. time, it's not an act. If it was an act, it wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to keep it up this long. You can't be happy and act like that all the time. Right, you don't
1: fake it. Living in an impoverished, high crime neighborhood.
3: Right. This. Like, is, oh, I just
1: got to keep this up for another eighteen years, and it's all going to pay
3: off. Right. This is who he is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I can't think of another politician who like struck me in that way. Maybe John Edwards seemed a little too. Friendly and then happy guy, turned out
1: not a good guy.
3: Yeah, usually it's like a slimy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, when someone's too smooth or something. So it's
1: it's kind of a past, um, uh, you know, those 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 stock commercials. Past performance isn't necessarily indicative of future results. Uh-huh. Where you you see it so often, and then you think, well, that's just going to be the way it is mm-hmm. until someone comes along and proves that wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And
3: I think a lot of people are suspicious of it. That's why they say, oh, I don't like politicians, right? Right, Like you can't tell when they're being genuine, they're lying. And so I think it's a natural kind of thing. But again, it is impossible to look at Cory Booker's story and think, huh, this person's not for real. Unless
1: you really have a cynical eye.
3: Yeah. I I find it hard to believe. And if someone still doesn't believe it, I want to hear from you why because yeah, that is,
1: we really would love it to hear is that.
3: dedication to do what he did
1: yeah which is the perfect segue to end the listener communication segment six five seven four six four seven six zero nine is how you get in touch with us or you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I it at we would love to hear from you help us move the conversation forward support for I doubt
5: it with Dolamore comes from generous engaged intelligent and
3: so don't forget to let us know how you feel about the newsletter that went out for uh, the $20 a month and up Patreon supporters. I am working on the one from for February, and I want to make sure that we are doing things that are useful for you, that you have a little treat in your inbox that yes. you want to read and spend some time with and you think is making a difference in your life.
1: It's like a digital meat and cheese treat.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Uh, We really appreciate you guys. You can also support us by shopping through the Amazon link, dollamore.com slash Amazon. No extra charge to you, but we get a little something on the back end from Mr. Bezos.
1: There's also merch at dollamore.info. And there's still stickers, those campaign stickers. We still have a handful of those.
3: About a handful.
1: (laughs) And you can go to dollamore.com. On the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says Stickers Shop. I think, is what it is.
3: And we're really excited, you guys. The debates are going to be coming up here. I think I heard the first one is in June.
1: That's right, yeah. Guys. Guys, listen. It's going to be good. It's
3: basically June. (laughs) And it's going to be here before you know it. We're really excited to go through this process with you and and have open dialogue and open conversations. It'll be be awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about something that's not awesome, and that is the fact that the Catholic Church... Pope Francis just came out and admitted that nuns, and not like one nun, but several nuns, many nuns, numerous nuns, have been abused and even been, t- t- to the extent of, I think the word sex slave was used.
3: Yes. Um so this was reporting from the New York Times. Catholic nuns have accused clerics of sexual abuse in recent years in India, Africa, Latin American, and in Italy, and a Vatican magazine last week mentioned nuns having abortions or giving birth to the children of priests. Ugh. But Pope Francis has never raised the issue until he was asked to comment during a news conference aboard the papal plane returning to Rome from his trip to the United Arab Emirates. It's true, Francis said. There are priests and bishops who have done that.
1: Listen. I'm going to say it again. If, let's just pick a restaurant that I don't mind maligning. If your local Applebee's, not your local, but the the corporation of Applebee's, If day after day after day there were reports that thousands and thousands of children were being systemically raped, and then we found out that employees, female employees of the organization, were being treated like sex slaves, no one would go to their local Applebee's anymore. Why are people continuing to darken the door of the Catholic Church when this is being reported day after day after day? New case after new case after new case, life after life after life being fucking destroyed by this organization. I cannot understand it.
3: Well, and you you were right in saying that he used the phrase sexual slavery, um, saying that Catholic nuns had been subjected to sexual slavery. But he actually caused a lot of problems by using that phrase. And so the Vatican spokesman has walked it back
1: always with him they have to do that
3: quote when the holy Father, referring to the dissolution of a congregation spoke of quote sexual slavery, he meant manipulation, a form of abuse of power which is reflected also in sexual abuse
1: all right let's let, let let's uh let's reword that when the mouthpiece for Christ on earth said blah blah blah, what he meant to say was When the vicar of Christ said, blah, 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 what he meant to say was, you know what? Fuck you.
3: Well, and this is again...
1: What he meant to say was sexual slavery. That's what he meant to say.
3: Well, and again, the church is attempting to obscure and not tell the truth. Yeah. And to protect its own image over that of victims of abuse. And, you know, I read those, those locations that have said that they were there were sexual abuse of nuns India Africa Latin America Italy are you are you hearing a pattern because when we talk about children being abused in the church it's everywhere everywhere it is all over the world and now it's nuns I mean when is this going to stop I, I was well, messaging this to several people and my question was are we done with this yeah. yet
1: when are we going to start considering the Catholic Church a sex cult? a sex abuse cult.
3: And so here's the other... Because again, hang
1: on. If this was happening at Applebee's, it would be a problem for everyone.
3: Yeah, and again, I want to say, I know I do this every time we talk about this, but somehow... There is still a controversy here in talking about this. Somehow, people are still being quiet. Yeah. Not Because here. it's a church. Yeah, not here. Because it's a church. People will not talk about it because it's a church. It is controversial. Because it's a church, people think you're being hateful.
1: Yeah. Human beings
3: are being abused, raped. It, it,
1: it, it, is rape not torture? Is it not? A, a, can we classify it as that? People are being harmed, existentially harmed, psychologically and physically. But oh no, don't say anything bad because then you're you're a hateful atheist or whatever the fuck.
3: Right? Can also can we stop with the moral superiority of the church? Right? Yeah. Them delivering commandments from on high. But
1: Brittany, they've opened a couple hospitals. We can overlook the raping of children and innocent women who've taken a vow of chastity because they ah, got a hospital over there.
3: Yeah, you know, one of my daily emails is the Daily Religion Headlines from Pew Research Center, and every day I get this email, and there are at least at least three stories about Catholic church yeah. abuse. At least every single day in all kinds of different new, new locations. Houston was in one of the recent emails today. You know,
1: Yeah, we're not talking about distant, far off lands. We're talking about your neighborhood.
3: Yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. This one was Houston and Oakland diocese. This one also had a uh, LDS Listen, situation. There
1: were horrific reports in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. Last month or something. Yeah. We're talking about communities that are connected to each and every one of us, and we're supposed to ignore it or not talk about it for fear of being stigmatized as hateful toward the church. You know what I'm hateful toward? Child rape and abuse of women. That's what I'm fucking hateful about.
3: A thing about that disgusting um, Idaho priest. Um, Wow. That is... Quite a situation if you Want to have your day ruined Wasn't you can, he like you jerking right off about it.
1: in the in the sacramental Wine and shit
3: yeah he Was doing that but he also I think that They when they broke into his House to arrest him that he was um, Oh he
1: was jerking Off when they caught him yes to, 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 to child, child porn yeah
3: I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Um, but the the disgusting thing about this is the mayor Dave Beter, Is he still the mayor? Or is he the former mayor?
1: I don't know. But fuck him.
3: He
1: <laughs> he was a character witness. Well, this guy's always treated my family really well.
3: I mean, it was this. I was reading this article, and I was. I mean, it is the most. It's the, it's the most vile things that a yeah. human can do. And then to read that the mayor or the former mayor is like, oh, but he did so much for my family and he's going to die soon. He's old. It's like, yeah, well, he's going to die in prison and never harm anyone again. And
1: should die in prison. Doesn't matter how well he treated your family. Think about those children that were caught up in child porn. But this is what I'm saying. That he's supporting. About
3: this weird protection that comes yeah. out and, and this weird silence i mean i see it in even friends that i have where i start talking about this and it's like mm, she's going there we're gonna be quiet we can't we don't say anything about this it's like you should be saying something about this
1: science silence is complicity in this if you're quiet listen i've often said the only thing necessary for for, for evil to triumph my favorite quote is for good men and women to do nothing if you stand by and watch the most vile crimes take place and not say something, not voice your opinion, are you really an advocate for children? Are you really an advocate for innocent women? If you're still paying the Catholic Church, if you still go and support the organization... Because, again, if abuse was happening on this scale within the organization of Applebee's, you wouldn't fucking go there. All right. We'd love to hear from you on this. If we're wrong. I know we've just leveled some... We're not wrong. ...some judgment down the pike, but I really want to hear, even if it's mildly different, I want to hear some t- some dissent. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, I still want to talk about Cory Booker and Sherrod Brown a little bit. This has been um, a question that's been asked of several, actually, politicians. About Donald Trump and his racism.
3: It will probably be a question of the debate.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be something that's like a down the line, who thinks Donald Trump is racist, raise your hand right. kind of a thing. Right, right.
3: I could totally see that happening.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it should be asked.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it it's going to do what I think you're about to s- talk about here, which is like try to set people apart, right, yeah. to see where they stand.
1: So anyway, the question the questions asked of both Cory Booker and Sherrod Brown in, in, on two different occurrences. Mm-hmm. One on um Meet the Press with with Chuck Todd mm-hmm. and another just by some reporter out in in front of a chain link fence interviewing Cory Booker.
6: Let's start with Cory Booker and his response.
1: Do you believe that Donald Trump is a racist?
6: Um I I don't know the I don't know the uh, I don't know the heart of anybody. I'll leave that to the Lord. Um I know there are a lot of people who profess uh ideology of white supremacy that use his words and I believe his failure to condemn bigotry and racism Uh, I believe that when he makes comments about uh, African countries uh, when he challenges and demeans the ability of a federal judge to do their job because of their ancestry uh, that's bigoted language uh, and there's no way around that but I I just want everybody to know uh, I'm 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 going to run a race about not who I'm against or what I'm against, but, but who I'm for and what I'm for. Uh, I'm not looking even to, to, to simplistically beat Republicans. No, I'm looking to unite Americans in this race because I believe we have more in common than divides us. I believe that this reflexive partisanship is undermining our ability to find common ground and get common sense things done. We right now agree on enough to make big changes in America to drive down health care costs to drive up student achievement, to fix our infrastructure, to provide better education, to make us safer and stronger and more prosperous. And so I'm really excited over the coming months to put my ideas before the American people. And I know they're, I have confidence in them. But the other thing I'm going to be trying to do over these next months is to just appeal to what I know is the goodness and the decency of Americans. And we've got to stop the trash talking, Twitter trolling, Uh, tearing folks down Uh, this is a time for all of us to think about our role in in putting the indivisible back in uh in this one nation under god
1: all right well i'm not gonna i was going to address each comment one after the other um but let's let's just play them both and then we'll address both because i've got some questions and some criticisms and i also want to appeal to the audience to know what they think here's sherrod brown with chuck todd folks are now being held accountable uh for blackface in ways frankly that that we didn't we didn't have that kind of that strong of a moral
2: code i would argue in our politics uh, until recently why do you think that is
0: well i think this country hasn't dealt well with the issues of race i mean we have a president who's a racist uh, who, uh, we have, uh, let me, let uh, me pause you there, that's
6: just th- that, that, you believe in his heart,
0: he's a racist.
6: Oh, I don't know what
0: in his heart means. I know that he built his political <laughs> career, uh, knowing what he was doing on questioning the, the legitimacy and the birthplace of the president of the United States. I know early in, we, that there have been all kinds of news reports about what he did early in his career on housing. Uh, we know. Um, I mean, read, read read the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Read The Color of Law about housing discrimination and decades and decades and decades of housing discrimination. And uh, we know that the Trump family, including the now sitting president, uh, played to that and deepened that. So. Uh, these issues, uh, this is not a risa Charlottesville was only a symptom and and a more public viewing and outing, if you will, of the president's views about race. I mean, they're, they're, there's just no question about that. We know the president doesn't tell the truth frequently. Yep. We know he lies frequently. And we know of his racial ba- ra- racist comments and background.
3: So just so everyone knows, Sherrod Brown is someone who is thought of as likely to enter the 2020 presidential race
1: senator from ohio
3: thank you was about to say that and he has said that he will likely decide on whether or not he's running in march
1: he's running oh okay he's gonna run
3: all right well (laughs) you heard it here
1: yeah well i mean that's my take maybe i'll get to play the horns a little later
3: yes well you had an interesting thought about the the two of these clips and um, obviously, Cory Booker is taking the position that he doesn't know what is in Donald Trump's heart, and that's kind of the go-to, right? That they they don't know what he really feels inside. Okay, and then Sherrod Brown is there's no no question. He goes, he, I
1: don't know what in his heart means. Yeah,
3: he <laughs> is a racist. Okay, yeah. but you think that there is a difference here? Well, I don't or an know. Important if this is reason why there's I don't a difference. know if this
1: is a calculated campaign strategy on the part of booker i don't know or maybe and this is my initial thought is is this come some kind of a white privilege at play here but like a positive white privilege that he's able to say yeah that motherfucker's racist my fellow white man he's a racist motherfucker when cory booker really can't come right out and say it for fear of not being taken seriously because how many times has a black man cried racism, that perception, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I would like to know what the audience, is this this campaign strategy on his part? And if it is, I would recommend uh, against it. I would suggest not doing this because you're not gonna be able to hold out this positive thing forever. Eventually, you're gonna have to rebut you're gonna have to answer Donald Trump's smears if it gets that far and he is the candidate
3: you're t- you're talking to Cory Booker right yeah now. Okay. yeah
1: eventually you're gonna ha- you're gonna be forced into it mm-hmm. and then you'll look like oh the guy who was gonna be all positive went fucking negative you got to be real you got to face this you know uh, deal with reality on reality's terms yeah as Britney's known to say?
3: Well, and I, like you're saying, I think it is difficult because you they do have to play a game, right? Yeah, for sure. All of do. these politicians right now—it's all image. Yeah, even
1: Donald Trump is image.
3: Yeah, they're all trying to figure out what is our role going to be, what image are we projecting, you know? And you, but you also have to be authentic. That, People want authenticity. That is very important. And so it's not just how do I play this game and what am I going to be displaying? But how do I make it authentic at the same time?
1: Because look, Donald Trump is a racist. Fact. Fucking fact. There are too many variables that point to him being a racist, whether it be the things he says, the things he believes, the attitudes he conveys. He's a racist. So, for Cory Booker, when he says, oh, you know we don't need to be tearing people down, that's not what I'm doing to tear people down. you're not tearing someone down to call a racist clown a racist clown mm-hmm. that's not tearing that's factual that's calling it like you see it
6: mm-hmm.
1: and I look, I'm not shitting on Cory Booker because." It, It very well could be a situation where he doesn't want to come across to a potential white electorate as just another white man or black man who's 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 crying racism. I don't think that's what it is. Because I I am a white man who who calls him a racist.
9: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. I'd love to know what the audience thinks. Mm -hmm. Now on to another 2020 candidate. And that's um, Elizabeth Warren. NBC, I think, has had this. No, Washington Post had the scoop. They found her bar application or some bar form that she filled out. Texas Bar
3: Registration Card. Yeah. From 1986.
1: On which she claimed American Indian as her race.
3: I want to say, though, that this wasn't just checking a box. It was literally, it said race, colon, blank line, and she wrote American Indian.
2: Senator Elizabeth Warren tonight with a new apology over a claim about her heritage. It comes after The Washington Post published a handwritten document from 1986 on which Warren identifies her race as American Indian. And the apology comes just days before she's set to officially kick off her presidential campaign. Mary Bruce on the Hill tonight.
8: Dogged by criticism for her claims of Native American heritage, tonight Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren says she's sorry. It is about an apology from the heart, Uh, an apology for not being more sensitive to tribal citizenship, and tribal sovereignty. The 2020 presidential hopeful is again facing backlash after the Washington Post published her 1986 Texas bar registration card. There under race, Warren listed herself as American Indian. It was based on my understanding from my family's stories but family stories are not the same as tribal citizenship. Warren insists there's no evidence her claims ever advanced her career, but President Trump has long mocked Warren, relishing his nickname for her. Pocahontas, Pocahontas, Pocahontas Elizabeth Warren. In October, Warren tried to take on Trump by taking a DNA test. What do the facts say?
0: The facts suggest that you could absolutely have a Native American
2: ancestor in your pedigree.
8: She was told she had a Native American ancestor in the range of six to ten generations ago. But it didn't quell the controversy. Tonight, still lingering as Warren is set to launch her campaign this weekend. Have you considered dropping out of the race?
2: No answer on that, but Elizabeth Warren and the apology today. Mary Bruce with us from Capitol Hill. There's also news tonight. We're awaiting two others who could join this growing Democratic field looking to take on President Trump, Mary.
8: Yeah, David, Beto O'Rourke, the former Texas congressman whose Senate race catapulted him to national prominence, was pressed by Oprah Winfrey about his next move, saying he will make a decision by the end of this month. And Amy Klobuchar, the Minnesota senator, is set to unveil her 2020 plans on Sunday. David, she could become the fifth female member of Congress to jump in the race.
2: Growing field. Mary
1: Bruce with us tonight. Thank you, Mary. So there's several things here. And this, this story is personal to me because... I, too, was always told that I was a quarter Chippewa Indian, mm-hmm. that my, do- my father, my biological father, whom I, I, I had never met mm-hmm. until I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. that he was a half and that his mother was full. Mm-hmm. From, he's from Minnesota. So it all it kind of all played together. Mm-hmm. It made sense. And I repeated this, certainly in childhood I repeated this, and even into adulthood, you know, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be, but But it was always just telling people. I never would, I never had the balls to write this down on a form somewhere, claiming that my race was Native American. And why not? Because there, even though I was told it, and and really, up until just a few years ago, really believed it. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't official. I I wasn't enrolled in the tribe. I wasn't officially recognized as that. Hmm. So I didn't. Now, I don't want to make my anecdotal story have to generalize to her because I don't know what the lore was like in her family. Well, Also, let me say this. I don't think this is disqualifying at all, but it's on the table, so let's talk about it. The other thing is, I think it's... It's just a misstep. It's fucking, it's tone deaf for her to have done the the, the 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 DNA test and then, like, make a video. It's one thing to do it, make the video to think, oh, it's going to be great. But then they actually, after the video was produced, released the video. That six to ten generations ago, she has a sole American Indian or a Native American ancestor. I'm in the same boat with an African ancestor, according to my DNA. Mm-hmm. Am I making a video claiming to be African descent? Mm-hmm. Again, that's anecdotal, but I think that would be weird and disrespectful to that marginalized, historically fucking abused group for me to claim some membership. Because I happen to have, let's say, a, 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 a in my case, it would be a slave ancestor. Yeah, that would be very arrogant and weird on my part.
3: I also want to say, when my family moved to Idaho, it was something that my parents joked about because everyone that they met claimed that they um, were at least some part Indian. Yeah, and it kind of is like a thing where a lot of people in Idaho think that they are some part Indian. Well, there's a
1: lot of reservation. I grew up on a reservation, on mm-hmm. an Indian reservation. Yeah, that's still on the on the, well, on the road. There's a sign entering. The Nez Perce Indian Reservation. That's a sign that
3: says it. Yeah. Well, I think, and I, I don't know. A lot of people are told things by their family. For sure. For <laughs> I mean, sure. I was told I was a descendant of the Vikings. You know. Right. We're all told things. <laughs> so it, it just. What's notable about this registration card in particular is that she had, she had some wiggle room about whether she had ever specifically claimed the identity. Yeah. She couldn't say whether she or an assistant filled out previous forms, right? But there, in
1: 1986, there was no assistant. You're a new lawyer, right? You did it.
3: But in this case, this is the the document that directly ties her to having claimed the identity and written it herself. Yeah, for so that's, me, that's what's notable. So about
1: again, it. W- let's wrap this by saying, I think it's shitty. I don't think it precludes her from being president of the United States. It's not disqualifying in any, any way. But, you know, there's a lot of candidates. And if I'm going to pick one who hasn't done something stupid like this, eh, I'll go with a Cory Booker or maybe someone else over Elizabeth Warren, even though I think she's got some good ideas Everybody's got to make their own decision, though.
3: I read a tweet recently in the last couple of hours that said that there may be other do- that from Elizabeth Warren's camp, that there may be other documents coming out right. with this sort of thing on there that she had claimed um, this ancestry. So just so you know, um, she's trying to get out ahead of it. Yes. Um, because there there may be more to come. Well, if
1: she was really trying to get ha- out ahead of it, she would have released this herself or talked about it herself. Well, waiting for the other shoe to drop is not getting out ahead of it.
3: <laughs> but again, that's true. Sorry. I don't think
1: it's disqualifying. Maybe there's someone out there who does. Yeah. We'd love to know what you think. Again, dropping the number a lot today. 657-464-7609. Email voice memos to idoubtit at com. the asshole of today
3: Charles Payne and Phil Robertson
1: oh a double yes double whammy assholes of today
3: yes now Charles Payne was on Fox News accused rapist he is on Fox Business Network
1: accused rapist
3: And he was on Fox News with Bill Hemmer and another woman that I did not recognize to discuss the new survey research showing that Americans are totally fine with raising taxes on rich people. They're totally fine with it. The majority of Americans. They were shocked. Fox News. What's going on? Why?
1: And it was a Fox News poll. They were shocked.
3: Great. I don't know if it was a Fox News poll. Was it? Yeah. Okay. There is an. See what seems to be a movement against capitalism in this country. This is a piece in Politico, uh, just published, Soak the Rich. Americans say, go for it. In this piece, it talks about uh, how recent polling is showing that the American public is increasingly on board with raising taxes on the rich. As evidence, uh, evidence, we pulled up this latest Fox News poll on the issue, whether Americans support raising taxes on the wealthy, on incomes over $10 million. Uh, those that are in favor of that say 70 percent, Charles, over a million dollars in income, 65 percent are in favor of raising taxes.
1: The idea of fairness has been promoted in our schools for a long time, and we're starting to see kids who grew up in this notion that fairness above all, uh, and and now they're becoming voting age, and they're bringing this uh, ideology with them.
3: Huh? So this is really interesting because wow. because what is implicit in his statements? What a dickhole. No, but the first thing that he talks about, yeah, it, th- he th- starts explaining the survey result by talking about fairness. Right. That's right. It, so what am I to take from that, Charles?
1: That, that he believes that this is a more fair tax structure.
3: Come on now.
1: And the reason people are gravitating toward this fair tax structure is because these whiny little uh, participation trophy recipients... They've been taught how fairness works in a, in a classroom. The golden rule. I don't know why I'm doing that voice for this accused rapist. It's not what he sounds like. Yeah, so... I say that because Scotty Nels, Nels Hughes, a conservative woman, a rabid Trump supporter, accused him of rape. Mm-hmm. And he still has a job on... Shocker that he still has a, a job on Fox News. Because, you know, they don't... Uh, They don't really deal with the sexual harassment and sexual assault well over at uh, at the Fox News.
3: So that is why Charles Payne is being featured in this segment. But also we have Phil Robertson. Now, you may know Phil Robertson because he is one of the Duck Dynasty dudes he's the
1: the duck dynasty dude
3: he's the patriarch isn't he the main he's the top of the food chain oh, over yeah. there the duck yeah, dynasty sure he is. yeah and uh, he was on i think fox business with neil cavuto if i'm remembering the clip correctly yeah yeah, yeah. and he, they were talking about healthcare, and phil robertson did one of my least favorite fucking things is he is he Fucking listening to himself <laughs> yes. right now?
1: Every time you drop the F bomb, I gotta I gotta go with it.
3: He talks about his own personal experience. Yeah,
1: generalizes his anecdotal as though experience. it should
3: apply to everyone else <laughs> on Earth. Seriously. And he does it non ironically. Uh, yeah, I mean seriously. <laughs> also, we
1: might
7: as well play a clip from this guy.
3: No Trump,
7: baby. When you play Phil Robertson. Uh, contrary to what Kamala Harris said. She says, elect me, and everything's free. Look, everybody can be have their own health care. The government's going to finance the whole thing. It's not going to cost but 30000000000000 trillion. I'm offering you the greatest deal you ever had. Elect me, and everything will be free. But she's saying that other people who have been getting away with financial huh. murder will pay for
0: it, the rich. What, I'm, like say- you.
7: what I'm saying is that Kamala... I already have health care. It's given to me by God. Eternal health care. I'm guaranteed to be raised from the dead. I have life Uh, and immortality given to me by God through Jesus Christ. So
0: people get sick on earth in in human form. So you you advise.
7: The temporary reprieve is not worth it. I'm telling her I have eternal health care and it's free. Doctors can give you a little temporary right. reprieve, but they cannot save you from physical death. The doctors who treat you, they die too. <laughs> but, but you're
0: not dismissing that we need people need health care, right?
7: It's just who I didn't have health care for fifty years oh and someone God. says, now I'm rich and famous, so I said, Miss Kay, you can now buy overcoming kind of insurance known to man if you want to. Well, but yeah. i I never needed it for fifty years, so there you go. So
1: there you go. And well, no one else needs it. Listen I Never got no cancer. Why that guy need to get a cancer doctor? I never got cancer.:
3: Yeah, so what do you think Phil Robertson's reaction is when he sees, like, a news story about like, a, a newborn baby, right, that's a few months old that has a brain tumor?
1: He probably goes. Look, I'm rich and famous now, so fuck you, baby.
3: I mean, honest. This is what is going on, and then you hear Neil Cavuto trying to deal with this. But my question is, why is he on your show, bro?
1: Not only why is he on the show? When you watch the clip, the phys- the actual video clip, Phil Robertson. I almost said Pat Robertson. Goddamn. I mean, really, they're they're not far off. <laughs> Robertson has I really his I
3: love that music.
1: Phil Robertson has his a bible a stretched out on the table there with a the Kavudo talking about the god. He's like he's fucking preaching a sermon. He's got his bible, his <laughs> annotated fucking bible out there.
3: Yeah. Mhm. I saw it. I saw the decoration. <laughs> Come on, dude. Mhm. Yeah, what was the point? Honestly, what's the point? What was the benefit? What did we learn?
1: Also, let me say this. Neil oh, Cavuto yeah, was exactly. trying to
3: talk him down he, the whole time. Is he an
1: economist? <laughs> is he someone who has knowledge about this at all? Uh-huh. Or is he just a fucking rabble-rousing hillbilly? Come on. But but here here's the thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Even Phil Robertson, rich and famous Phil Robertson, wouldn't be affected by Ocasio-Cortez's proposed 70% marginal tax rate. You have to earn $10 million per year over that for it to take effect. There's no way Swamp Dick here is making $10 million a year. No.
3: Mm -hmm. His estimated net worth is $15 million.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. So he's making $10 million. Come on. This is just fucking stupid. Oh, you've got eternal life. So, ah, uh, so apparently does he not take Tylenol when he gets a headache?
3: Yeah, well here here's what's weird and it was the last part that really bothered me, the part about I didn't need health insurance for 50 years and so everyone else is fine as well. And I don't know if he really believes that. You know, or like, is it just
1: playing a character? Yeah,
3: I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm listen. I'm tempted to do this all the time, where I hear something and I think about my life, and I, I'm like, oh, well, I did this, and so hubba da. We're all tempted to do that, right? Yeah, but. Our, our lives and our experiences, they do not necessarily generalize to the population. Listen, unless... And it's very important that we understand this. It is very important that we understand this so we can stop arguing from a position of my experiences only. That is what is so useful about looking to data.
1: Yeah, unless your experience is going to bring mercy, compassion, and empathy to the situation, uh, shut the fuck up because you don't have any student loans because you got to live at home and and or whatever the case is you had a giant inheritance so you don't have any sympathy for people with student loans shot your fucking mouth
3: well and i i'm not really interested in someone's opinion about health insurance or what to do about people being uninsured when they haven't had to deal with that until they got rich and then they they could buy whatever health insurance they wanted yeah that is like the last person that i feel like i need to talk to or hear from about health insurance, I want to hear from someone who struggled and had to start a GoFundMe page because they didn't have health insurance and they needed to have a life-saving operation for their child. I want to hear from them.
1: You know who is listening to this guy, though? don't oh, Trump, baby. Millions of this guy. You know who else is listening to this guy?
3: What about this country? the majority? Okay, the so majority. Tired of protecting the minority. Everybody
1: who listens to her thinks this guy is an authority on this matter
3: hmm that's the problem i just what a what a terrible way to walk around right yes well i didn't need that so they don't well i didn't experience that so they aren't i mean what what is what kind of way is that to go through your life <laughs> it doesn't even what uh asshole today
1: very frustrated i'm i'm on the verge of explosion of just erupting in, I mean, I already, I thought that I went crazy about the Catholic Church and, you know, all the sexual abuse at the Applebee's. Yeah. And here we are, mm-hmm. again, with this asshole. And really, really, Phil Robertson is a fucking asshole. Remember the time that he was talking about, you got to get him young so they don't argue with you. Because remember, he married his wife when she was 15 years old.
3: Yeah, I forgot we've done almost 500 episodes, so we've talked a lot about this in the past.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he really is just a fucking dirty asshole. All right. I'm getting the, let's wrap it up, dude.
3: <laughs> well, we, we like to end the show on like a light note. And I feel like this has been a very heavy show. Like I yeah. even, I feel very irritable right now. Oh yeah. Like sorry. I feel irritable sorry, and I sorry. don't, I don't like feeling irritable after I do the show. Well, that's, and listen. I hope that it doesn't have the same effect on people who are listening to it. Although yeah. I suspect it might no, because you're, you're being right. really aggressive you're and right. we try to wrap it up on a positive and I was like trying to get you to wrap it up on a positive and you're just like going harder well, here, here, for some here. reason. Then. Here's the deal.
1: Sometimes, sometimes the show is cathartic for me. It's therapeutic for me. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't put that out there. I shouldn't use the fact that it, it lets me vent. I shouldn't ruin people's fucking day just because it makes me feel a little better. You're right. You're right. Well... We'd love to know what you think about me ruining your fucking day. How yeah, about that? that would be great. 657-464-7609. <laughs> of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at We would love to hear from you. Remember, our show next time, 487. Can we just talk about that for just a moment, Brittany Pretty crazy. Page? <laughs> 487 numbered episodes. And then we've done... Over 70 bonus episodes, mm-hmm. which, by the way, the big guest we're talking about, um, we got pushed back because he's super busy right now. That's going to happen. But we have some other bonus guests lined up. People just started a new podcast that are connected to us. We're very excited to have them on. They're, they're the kind of people I really dig. Mm-hmm. They will be a positive influence on me. Yes. Making me a happy guy. Mm-hmm. Not a pissed off, angry Yipping about Applebee's guy. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we do want to hear from you guys. We love you. We appreciate you guys. It is. Uh, this is a labor of love. Being an independent podcaster, someone who's stuck with it. There's a thing called pod fade, and I think it's supposed to happen like in the first like ten or twelve episodes or something. It never hit us uh, I think we found an audience quick enough that you guys supported us and gave us feedback enough and joined the conversation enough that, you know, we, we really, really love what we do. And it's because of you guys and your love and your support and loyalty to the show that, uh, That we're able to not experience that pod fade.
3: So we did take questions for the AMA, and we are going to record that when we come back from the trip. So I guess that means if you want to send a question in, still,
1: yeah, why not?
3: Sure, go ahead and add it into the pile. Just go into that Patreon message, or even just email it. Whatever, I'll find it, and we'll we'll figure it out. So uh, yeah, we're excited. So that has been the show. And uh, I'm Brittany Page for Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt It.
1: Rain or shine unless I'm tired and don't want to do it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.